What's going on, everybody? Welcome to season four. Season four. Who knew so many people cared about packaging? Uh, my name is Adam Peak. I'm one of the hosts of the People of Packaging podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear from Megan Young Gamble, and her story is awesome. Um, it's inspiring, and she is helping people pimp their packaging. Uh, there's definitely an exhibit reference by me because I loved Pimp My Ride back in the day. Anyway, uh, super excited for that. Just wanted to let you know, uh, this episode is being brought to you by Fortis Solutions Group. Uh, Fortis Solutions Group is one of the most innovative packaging companies around. They're manufacturing labels. They're manufacturing flexible packaging and shrink sleeves and folding cartons and label application equipment, all sorts of stuff, finding ways to bring your packaging to life and to support your brand. So if you want to learn more, you can contact me at adampeak.com or you can go to fortissolutionsgroup.com as well, uh, get you in touch with somebody who can help take care of you. So everybody go out and check out what Fortis is doing. They've got a lot of sustainability things in the work. It's some, some cool stuff. Uh, that they slash we, because that's who I work for, uh, we got going on. So anyway, uh, let's get into this episode with Megan. You are not going to want to miss it. All right. Well, we have another fantastic episode here. Season four. Um, I can't believe Megan. It's been four seasons now of the People of Packaging podcast. It's crazy. Uh, to Pretty think. cool though. I know, I know, and and I feel like honestly, there's just it's it's like there's just more and more incredible people that I get to talk to. It's like the more I do, the more I meet other more people, and it's kind of compounding. And you are certainly one of them. So um, I'm super excited to welcome Megan Young Gamble uh, to the podcast. So Megan, welcome. Um, thanks for coming on. I'm super pumped for this chat. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. And it's the honor to be here because of how I actually found People of Packaging Podcast. So to now be an end user, you know, end listener to now being interviewed is really cool. So thank you. I think there's a there's a phrase for that in uh, like talk radio. It's a uh, first time caller, long time listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh um, you know, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it's it's a pretty like niche podcast, right? Like there's not the the packaging industry is I've referred to it as like a big, small industry. Um, mm-hmm. So once you're, you know, once you're kind of in it and you're working in it, you sort of start to know a lot of people. Then you find out that those people all know kind of the same people. So it's a it's a cool industry from that perspective. But, you know, it would make sense that more and more people who listen will be will be will just be guests because it's not like you know I'm not hosting like an NBA podcast and and all I can do is interview NBA players and the people who are listening are all fans of the NBA like there's no fans of packaging right like we're all just in packaging (laughs) very true very true but I do know a few people that are fans of packaging like you for instance (laughs) yeah yeah 100% no I love it And, and yeah I mean people who are in the industry 
And, and even, I guess, you know, the unboxing experience has become and the unboxing videos and the amount of revenue that's coming, you know, for that. Who's that kid, Ryan something or other on YouTube? He makes like, you know. Oh, like, like millions of dollars? 30 million a year or something. Yes. like a nine-year-old kid, like opening up box, like boxes of toys and just, it's crazy to me, but um, whatever. One of these days we'll figure that out. I know, um, right? Can we just get a small piece of that pie? Just a little. I just want to tithe. A just a 10%. <laughs> just a cool 3 million a year. I'm not, a, I don't need the exactly. whole pie. Just the- Exactly. I just need one eighth or like you said, 10%. So 10% you know. seems like a round number. So if some, if representatives from Ryan are listening, I am an ordained pastor. And uh, if you need a, if you need an outlet for, for your, your, your packaging tithe, you can hit me up. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll, I'll share the wealth for sure. Uh, so Megan, um, you know, we start off, this is, uh, you've, you've listened to some episodes and super grateful for yourself and, you know, that we're almost at 20,000 total downloads, uh, which is, which is pretty wild. And actually, by the time this one airs, we might actually hit it. So um, it's wow. pretty crazy to think about. Um, so obviously, you've listened to the podcast and, and we really like to not only focus on what you do and what you do is really cool because I'm sure there's other people who do what you do, you know, project management in the packaging industry. Um, I just haven't really met somebody who's like specifically like got this Venn diagram that's so dialed in with those two things. So I'm, I'm excited to get into that. Um, but, but we want to, we want to first kind of tell your story a little bit, like how did you arrive at where you're at today? Um, you know, so maybe just give the listeners a little bit of background on, you know, who is, who is Megan Young Gamble and, um, and, uh, you know, where'd you grow up and what kind of things have you done before you got into what you're doing today? Absolutely. So thank you for introducing me. So again, I'm Megan Young Gamble, excuse me, known as the project executioner. And I help deliver packaging solutions to emerging and established brands in the consumer personal goods space, specifically within the beauty, wellness, and personal care space. So they can help, so to help lessen their frustrations on all the inputs and development of packaging, so they can really be creative with building their brand, while me and my team at Gear Level Consulting really focus on the execution of all of those inputs, so I can then help them pimp their packaging uh, from conception to distribution to their retail shelf. You said, you said, you said pimp their packaging? Yeah. You remember oh, like to... pimp my ride? Oh, no, uh, I, got so I got it. I got it. I got it. Was that Absolutely. Exhibit that did that? Was that who that was? Absolutely, Exhibit. Oh, it used man. to be one of my favorite shows. So that's how it kind of started uh, with me applying it within my respective practice um, to pimp packaging. So we're definitely going to talk about that um, yeah. and how I really help with that. Will we cover? Will we cover everything from the X to the Z? Absolutely. So from the X to the Z. Uh, so if you are. If my older people know about Pimp Your Ride with Exhibit, you know about the show. Um, so with Pimp Your Packaging, um, I utilize that within my practice because it's really a four-phase approach that me and my team utilize to help with development of packaging. So regardless of where people are within the process, we still utilize the same four-phase approach with every position and everything that they're doing. So the first P in Pimp means to prepare. So like my project managers, you know this. um, So it's more so if you think about the PIM box with initiation and planning phase. And so that's really encompassed within the preparation stage. So we are really being very strategic about what is your goal? Where are you 
What are the three words that represent your brand? What is the ultimate goal of this packaging and of this product? Where is this product going to be launched? Is it domestic? Is it international? Which markets internationally and more? So we really get into a lot of um, deep diving and fun and fact finding with our clients to really understand what is the right type of packaging for their respective product. And also how we can help them from a project management standpoint with overseeing all of those inputs as part of that packaging life cycle. So that's the first piece. Second, uh, second uh, acronym is I for implementation. So once we actually create the actual action plan for you, we then start to ac actually implement that and start the execution phase. Hence my name, Executioner. Um, so people have always called me get the job done since I was, since I worked at my very first job, Foot Locker, 15 years old. And everything that I do, I put my heart, my soul, my passion, blood, sweat, tears into what I do because I'm very passionate about making sure that I deliver a great end product, as well as helping you to be very organized from the beginning to end. So taking that, taking all of those things that we really worked on from a strategic plan standpoint and actually execute it um, to your respective timeline, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as your product requirements. M is going to stand for monitoring. So project managers, you know this phase within monitoring and controlling as part of the five process groups. So it's the same thing that I'm incorporating within my approach as well. So monitoring the respective tasks and activities based upon the actual scope of the project and as well as the scope of the product. So project and product is two totally different things. So we'll talk about that shortly. Um, so really monitoring that, overseeing your production timeline, overseeing vendor management, overseeing that you have all the respective um, that we're currently on track for all of the deliverables to be produced. And then the last P means preparation for your launch. So now you have all the development and everything done. We actually help you with further education of what is to come next with part of your supply chain process, value stream mapping, skew rationalization, and more, because that is very essential when you're starting to prepare for launch. So a lot of times brands think about one and done launch, but what do you, how are you really thinking about uh, your supply chain process? What is that strategy? How are you actually executing that? So we help you with that, uh, with that process in the last P of the PIMP, your packaging acronym, to make sure that you're really tapping into the full packaging life cycle to have that end product get to your end user. So a lot of detail, um, but that's our four phase approach with PIMP, your packaging. That's great. Um, that's it's uh, super cool, and I want to I want to get kind of get into all four of these. Uh, you you touched a little bit on, um, you know, on on a little bit of your history. You said at fifteen you worked at at a Foot Locker, um, mm -hmm. and and you know I think that I, I wish that almost everybody could work in in the U.S. That everybody could have an experience working both retail and food service. Um, because I think that both environments are, are, are a great kind of proving ground for what, for, for other phases and other aspects of business, whether it's project management, whether it's understanding grit and time management and just, you know, hustle and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, dealing with multiple kinds of personalities. And really the most important thing is just like customer service, because it is, you know, you, the, the guy that comes in or the girl who comes into Foot Locker and really wants those new 
Jordans or really wants those new Kobe's or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, and they don't, you don't have their size and now they're upset. And, you know, like you gotta, or they bought a pair of shoes and you're the person that they're complaining to, even though you had nothing to do with it, like you gotta kind of work on the fly. So, um, you know, maybe what else about your, your history in terms of like your work or maybe you're just growing up or your childhood or college, like what else do you think really has prepared you um, and kind of brought you to this point of doing, you know, consultative project management work for the, for the CPG and packaging industry? Great question. So I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, and um, a lot of people know about Little Rock in various facts in a couple of different ways. So President Bill Clinton, or if they've seen the actual documentary, um, I hate to say this, but it's gangbanging in Little Rock. Um, or if you know about Hot Springs, Arkansas, where it has Bathhouse Row, where you can actually go to the spa and have a luxurious experience uh, with mineral water um, that's produced there. So if you drink Mountain Valley uh, spring water that is actually made in Hot Springs, Arkansas from the natural spring. So, very few people know about Arkansas, but I grew up there, was raised there, and I love my city. So, but I've been in Atlanta for the past 16 years. And I think with my experience with working, starting work at 15 years old, um, also being homeless and such, it really helped me to really Wait, hold on. understand. You, you, you just like, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but like, you just like yada, yada, <laughs> yada, being homeless. So <laughs> that seems like, what's, what was... So, you're like so, and such like there's not it's a that, i mean that's a whole separate segment in itself okay, um, okay in reference of how i was homeless um but i was homeless my 11th and 12th grade year of high school and it was due to an unfortunate household situation where me my mom um and my family had to leave with just the clothes on our back hmm. but with me being homeless it really taught me to understand and appreciate things that i have so, and that's why I give my all into what I do now, because I know how hard I've worked to get to where I'm, where I'm currently at now. Uh, secondly, my determination and drive. So with me having to work at a much younger age than some of my counterparts growing up, I really had to learn about hustle and grit at an early age. Right. Uh, I wanted to utilize that not only to pay for, you know, school and graduation pictures and such, but it was also a way to help my mom at that time not be financially strained. So hustle, determination, grit, perseverance, all of that really helped build me up to who I am today and why I really give my all into what I do with my practice and why people to always call me get the job done. Uh, mm. Because I always like to see things from beginning to end. Um, I was taught that if you start something, see it all the way through. If you don't like it once you're done, then you don't try it again. But at least you can say you've always completed to the end. And so that is why people have always said, you always get the job done. Like you always get it done. You always make it happen. You always execute it with poise and grace and such. Um, you know, so it's, so I think that background really laid the foundation. And then mm -hmm. the building blocks was with me going to college where I have my bachelor of science in chemistry. Uh, where I thought I wanted to go to pharmacy school at that time, <clears throat> excuse me, and worked in a pharmacy lab, worked in pharmacology, um, doing research and development, but I'm really a people person. So I really like being around people and I didn't want to just be confined to just the laboratory um, because I knew that it was great, don't get me wrong, um, 
but I knew that it was something more that I wanted to offer. So really understanding how, what I was good at, what I could do, I got led to project management from a mentor that was like, you're really good at a lot of different things. Have you considered project management? And I didn't even know about project management. This was like 2013, that it was such a thing or such an industry. So really became immersed into understanding project management and really assessing my skills to get me to uh, then get involved with the PMI Atlanta chapter, um, which I'm still involved with today, to get in certified as a project management uh, professional, PMP, uh, to then be able to utilize that across different industries I've worked in. So from R&D to transportation, logistics, healthcare, and health and beauty, which was my last corporate job. Um, all of that became a beautiful chaos to really be able to help develop who I am and the skill set that I offer through my independent practice, the level consulting as an mm. operations management firm. That's great. That's great. And it's your, um, like it, 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 this is your company, right? Get level consulting is, is you, do you this have any employees who are working, who are working for you or like folks who help you out or. So it's... I have independent contractors that I cool. collaborate with based upon the scope of the project. So if somebody is needing, let's say, for instance, they want to develop a lip gloss, but they are not able to satisfy some of the minimum order quantity or MOQ for some of these contract manufacturers of 5,000, 10,000 or what have you, I have cosmetic chemists that I can partner with to still develop a great product for them, um, but it'll be on a, on a smaller scale. So 500,000 mm. or what have you. Um, and so me and the cosmetic chemist will partner together because packaging should be considered at the beginning of development for any product, um, especially within um, beauty, beauty, color, cosmetic, um, et cetera. You really need to be thinking about packaging at the very beginning. So the strategic planning that I kind of talked about within the PIMP acronym for, prep, uh, for planning, um, that's really the beginning stages. So that's just an example, but I work, I have production consultants, I have graphic designers on my team, I have a trichologist, so people who are in hair care and want to start doing some of the before and after or kind of case study. Um, I have partners in that field, I have partners who are packaging engineers, who I found out through People Packaging Podcast, so thank you, um, um, and a lot of great other connections as well to really help focus on the full packaging life cycle for these consumer personal good brands. That's, that's cool. Um, and and I'm, I'm glad that there's a, a, a little community forming, um, you know, kind of around this. It, it was uh, that, it, so I, I mean, those, I think those, you know, kind of your, your background, it seems like has obviously really, really kind of built you up for uh, one of my, one of my good friends, a guy named Rob Jepson, he hosts the sales leadership podcast. And he talks about your Ness, which is like your, like, what's your Megan Ness? You know, what's the mm -hmm. thing that you feel like you were really put on this earth to do and, and really encapsulates all of who you are, you know, the, the positives of your, of your life, the negatives of your life, like all of that is, is fueling like your, you know, your sort of aura or whatever the phrase you want to put around it. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you, you, you've really hit that lane um, and, and, and are, and are running with it. And obviously, obviously it's not without its challenges, I'm sure, but um, you know, course. kind of, kind of being there and being in that lane has just got to feel so, uh, free and enjoyable, um, 
in the midst of the hard work and in the midst of that kind of the grit and grind of owning your own company, because mm -hmm. it's not just doing the project management work. It's all the stuff that comes from owning your own company, right? You've got yeah. taxes <laughs> and you've got marketing and you've got sales yeah. and, and then you've got to go execute on the projects uh, whenever they come up. And so you have to also deliver. So you do, you know, you do everything um, essentially. So. And, and it's definitely, you know, a balancing act for sure, you know, because working with somebody and, you know, for somebody, you don't have to worry about marketing or what's the strategy for marketing or how do you brand the company and such, because they have people to do it, you know, to do it for the company. But now, like, as a entrepreneur, it's like, oh my gosh, I wear all of these hats. And even as a project manager, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming, but it's really thinking about it like a work breakdown structure or WBS where you're taking the big picture, consolidating down to smaller components and then breaking down those respective tasks. So I have to do the exact same thing with from a business structure standpoint um, to create a, my own WBS with branding, marketing, uh, you know, and such like that. And even partners, you know, to really execute and develop something great. But I'm very proud of where I am and how far I've come to lead me to this point. So the foundation has definitely set me up for success. Now it's those building blocks that's getting me further and further along. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you're just, you're just getting started, right? I mean, oh, yeah. um, it's, uh, there's, there's a whole lot of, there's, there's a long runway in front of you to, to, to kind of keep, keep going down or long road. I don't know, runway. Is that the right analogy? I don't know, whatever. Uh, hey, I'll you, take runway so we'll I can take, fly like a plane. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I saw a great shirt. I was in, um, took a, uh, my family on vacation to Disney world in Orlando. And it was this, like, it was a Peter Pan shirt and it said, I'm so fly. I never land. I was like, oh, I that's, love that. That's a cool shirt. <laughs> that is a cool shirt. So yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, it's also a, a lyric from a hip hop artist named Andy Minio. If you've ever heard of him. I haven't um, heard of Andy. Yeah. He's, the genre he's, of music is he in? Uh, he does like, he's a, I mean, he does hip hop music. He's out of New York city. Okay. He's been around for, I mean, probably eight, nine years. Um, okay. but kind of on the, the underground, like he's a Christian, so he's, it's not super gritty, but he's way talented. Like he was on the sway in the morning show and all oh, that okay. kind of stuff. So he's a good, he's a good dude. Um, from what I can tell, I don't know him personally. Um, I'm but he's my son. He's you. like, He's my son's favorite hip hop artist. So I, we listen oh, to cool. a lot of Andy Minio. Yeah. Um, I'm adding him to my pot, to my Spotify playlist now. Do so. it. You'll, you'll <laughs> be, you'll be really grateful. His new album, uh, Happy Thoughts is really, really good. Um, so didn't think I'd be shouting out Andy Minio on the People of Packaging podcast, but here well, we are. Well, shout out to Andy. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, well, so let's spend the, the last little bit here talking about, um, you know, maybe some of your ideal clients, your ideal customers. Um, you know, you kind of outlined your four phrase approach. We've got sort of pimp your packaging. You've got prepare, implement, monitor, and then preparation for launch. Did I get those four correct? So plan, implementation, plan. I'm sorry. monitor, and prepare for launch. Plan. All right. That's initiate. So planning, implementation, monitoring, and then preparation for launch. Got it. Yeah. Um, so like, is, do you find yourself talking with more 
um, you know, maybe larger brands that are, are feeling the strain of uh, the, the employment market right now is really tough. It's hard to find good project managers that are in such high demand. Um, and, and so are you finding a lot of outsourcing from larger brands or is it small businesses who are coming to you who are just needing like a, an incremental, um, you know, certified project manager or, uh, you know, just a, like, who are the kinds of people that you find are coming to you often for this? Cause it's not just, it seems like it's not only packaging. Is that fair to say? Like you do packaging, but mm -hmm. you, you, you by ne you by necessity, like you talked about formulations with cosmetic chemists or, you know, helping to find contract manufacturers, like packaging in and of itself is going to touch a lot of areas of a company from supply chain to legal to marketing. So mm -hmm. if you're managing that project, you, you have to do that. But um, so I'm just curious, like who, who are the kinds of companies either that are coming to you or that are really in your wheelhouse? Cause you, you have a, you have a very high level of self-awareness um, yeah. and, and kind of uh, emotional, um, what your EQ, your emotional quotient seems to be really high just in the, in the interactions that I've had. So it seemed like you'll, you'll, you'll be able to really nail this question. Like just, you know, someone's sitting around and they're like, oh man, we know now that we need, we need Megan. Like who are those people or those companies? Absolutely. So to answer your first question, um, I get a little bit of both. So from startup to more mid-sized, to more mid-sized companies, mid-sized companies, um, I'll start with them first. They usually have the investment, but they don't have anybody to oversee the project from a packaging standpoint. So say, for instance, they may have gone from creating things in their home and now they're looking at fulfillment centers and such. And now they're really trying to upgrade their packaging to go into retail spaces or Amazon, FBA, et cetera. So they're like, I need somebody to help me manage this so I can focus on building my brand because I've done so much to get me to where I am now. But now I'm trying to take it up two notches, five notches, or however, however much. And so they'll come to me and I tell them, you know, I don't look at them as a client. I look at them, we look, I look at each other as a partner because I want to make sure that you are successful based upon your ultimate strategy to where you're trying to go, where we can oversee your full timeline. But we also help you along the way during that area of the process from a packaging standpoint. So understanding your brand, your brand strategy, where are you trying to go? Where is this product going to be positioned? Where is it going to be sold? Domestic, international, et cetera. So we ask a lot of critical questions up front to these brands to make sure that we're developing the right approach and have that right timeline uh, for the brand as well to help see that see it through to the final stages. Can I ask a question then, on that real quick? Sure. So uh, and I know I asked kind of a super compound, long-winded question up front, but uh, when you're asking these really critical questions and they're, and they're all necessary, does it ever get to a point with a, 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 either a company or the people that you're having to talk to where they're just like, Megan, I don't know. Like, do you yeah. ever reach that point where they're just like, oh, yeah. I, have no, I have no idea. Is, is that, and is that the point where you're like, that you keep pressing past that? Like, well, no, you need to know this. Or is it like a cautious pressing? Like, okay, well, this is probably pretty important, but let's keep moving on. How do you handle so, that? So great question. And this is something that project managers are really good at with problem solving and finding solutions. So it really depends upon the question that's being asked. 
So for example, if I ask a brand, what is your brand strategy for the next year or three years uh, for this respective product that's being developed and, you're tell and you tell me, I don't know, then I say, okay, no problem. Let's actually work through some of these elements up front because you need to have clarity of what your brand strategy is because packaging plays a big part on it. So yep. for instance, if you're developing a skincare product and let's say vitamin C and you don't know how you want what the brand strategy is or where the product is going to go, you could be spending a lot more time, effort, money into developing something without having clarity. So really being crystal clear about some of those things is very important before you even start packaging. Because if you're developing a vitamin C, let's just say for skincare, a serum, well, is this serum a cream? Is it a cream base? Is it more of a serum? So it's more liquidy. Is it more of like a lotion? You know, because that type of thing, those type of things makes a difference from a packaging standpoint and how you position the product and key ingredients or formulation to even regulatory, which you can and cannot say. So it depends upon the question, but say for instance, a brand said, you know, I ask a brand, well, uh, what markets are you really trying to launch it to? They say international. Well, where at international? Because EU makes a difference in Asia. That's an important question. You know, so um, it, it really depends upon the question being asked. But if they, but if I ask up front, like from a design aesthetic, how do you want this uh, packaging to be designed? They say, I don't know. Uh, or what is your budget? I don't know. We work through those elements together and then we circle back around on it as well. So it depends upon the question um, that is asked up front with part of the fact finding process to really make sure we get crystal clear to know if, we, if they need to do homework and we revisit or if we just kind of, you know, table it, put it in the parking lot and then come back around to it. Gotcha. Okay. And so you were, you were, you were talking about uh, asking questions with, you know, kind of these mid-sized companies um, that you're partnering with. They're not a client of yours. It's, it's really uh, almost, I mean, it's a pretty intimate partnership because you, you mm -hmm. have to ask some very, uh, yes, well, intimate questions about their brand and their go-to-market strategy. And I'm guessing there's NDA signed and all this stuff with yes, between of the course. two parties. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, so is, are those conversations more difficult with midsize or with startup companies? Or is it, is that kind of a tough, does that sort of depend on the company? It depends upon the company, but from my experience working with both sizes, it's more so the startup phases. And the reason I'm having, you know, it's been a little bit more challenging for some of the startup brands is because they don't, they're like, I haven't even determined a budget. I haven't even thought about what my strategy is. I'm just trying to launch a product for summer collection or holiday collection. But then it's like, okay, you launched the collection. Now what? Is it one and done? Well, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. You know, so it's been more so some of the smaller brands that are really um, needing the assistance and education behind why it's really important to think about your supply chain strategy, not just your product for just the present time, because mm -hmm. you can have a great product and it can sell out. But what is the replenishment strategy or your supply chain strategy? What is are you going to be adding to the portfolio of products you have? You know, so it's more, it really could be for any brand or any size company, but from my experience thus far, it's been more so with some of like the indie brands that are in the startup phases 
because they don't know. But that's where I help educate them and help and do. I give them homework. They tell me I'm like a teacher. They're like, you give me a lot of homework and a lot of stuff to research. But, you know, it's really important for them because, you know, I want them to be successful. Um, you know, we all want to be successful. So to make sure that you have the tools you need to help you with your packaging solution needs, almost like a rhyme a rep, um, it really is helpful for them. And they see the full benefit and understand, and they have that aha moment, like, oh, now I get it. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have, uh, and you're coming up, it looks like on five years, is that right? Of, of Get Level Consulting? Absolutely. So Get Level Consulting, also known as GLC, has, is coming up on its five-year anniversary. Um, I pivoted to this new direction um, in the midst of COVID. Uh, so when we all had time to really sit down and analyze what it is we're doing since we couldn't really go anywhere. But with my practice, I I initially started off as often more, um, more like idea generation type of situation with small businesses. So really assessing how they can actually increase their income, how they can actually incorporate new offerings or services into their business. And so I was doing it. I was have, you know, having some great success. But I was also realizing I was not paying my worth. Um, and it's a lot of intellectual property I was getting. So like, you know, so I'm like, I need to kind of reposition this. But at that time, um, I also got certified officially through PMI as a project management professional, PMP. And so the first time I took the test, I failed. And I ended up re revitalizing my study strategy to, um, to pass it the second time. So when I became very vulnerable and shared it because I was embarrassed that I failed at first. I had a lot of people that reached out to me like, oh my gosh, like your story was inspiring. How can you help me? So mm -hmm. then I pivoted my business second time to really help women professionals who were trying to become project managers. So whether you just got certified or was looking to get certified, what was the process? So I was aiding as like a coach and a mentor for mm -hmm. women professionals. Um, and a lot of those people failed the exam too. So, uh, so I did that for a couple of years and had some great success and then pivoted my business to what I'm currently doing now, which I think this is it, um, really finding that niche for real um, to offer the packaging solutions with a real great emphasis on project management. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, the packaging industry is so... Uh, in some in some ways kind of set in their ways. And so to have, I mean, obviously you have a very dynamic um, background just personally. And then, you know, you've got the, the chemistry undergrad with the certified project management now in place. And so you bring a, I think a really necessary fresh view to packaging through the project management um, and, you know, the traditional ways into packaging aren't, I'm not saying they're bad at all. We've had plenty of right. folks who have been, you know, who've gone through the, the Michigan state for their undergrad and now yeah. they're doctors and, and they do, they do incredible work. So that, that is absolutely needed. Um, but just getting more and more people to look at packaging and to help kind of innovate and, and have different voices in the room, um, because we have, we have really, we have real problems that we get to help be at the at the forefront mm -hmm. of their solutions. So I think it's awesome. And quite frankly, we, we need more, we need more people. We need more Megan Young gambles uh, to, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this is, this is going to be a, uh, well, they need, they need to take the gamble. 
and they need to, they need to pivot into packaging, right? Kind of like what you did. Yeah. Like we need, we need more of that to happen, um, across, across multiple industries, um, taking a look at packaging. I was having a conversation with somebody this weekend. This isn't about project management, but like the company where I work for, Fortis Solutions Group, um, we have like, as of today, like 80 open positions in our company. Um, wow. and they're, and they're mostly, you know, blue collar kind of jobs, but there's mm. really, really great work in yeah. packaging, not, not only on sort of the, you know, the consultative or the sales or the marketing or the project management, but the nitty gritty of like, you know, formulating stuff and getting mm-hmm. into a lab and making things and, you know, running a press and, you know, understanding like how to run a, like build a cutting die and just things like that yeah. that people don't think about. And there are jobs all over the place yes, right is. now um, yes, to go do it. And we need you. So we need, we need more project managers. We need more press operators. We need more, you know, marketing and innovations and artificial intelligence and blockchain, like all of it. We, we welcome you with open arms into the packaging industry. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it because packaging has been very good to me and I'm always learning in the industry, you know, so at least my undergrad in chemistry helps me with understanding substrates of packaging. Mm -hmm. So that's the really good thing. And that's where like the, you know, my proposition or value proposition really encompasses like my personal driving grit and determination because I understand, you know, the substrates of it. But to your point of how packaging really needs more blue collar workers, like I wish this was something I knew about growing up, you know, or seeing the packaging school, how they are offering a packaging summer camp, you know, for Mm -hmm. high school students to learn about packaging design and die cuts and, you know, and stuff. So I wish I could do this. I even messaged, you know, uh, one of the administrative um, team and at packaging school like hey can I take the summer camp because it was so good and I wish that I knew about this at a much earlier age and now I'm educating people like packaging is where it's at like I wish I could really go back to the beginning and start over um in certain ways of course I don't regret anything but to really understand the beauty and the essence and the production of packaging because it's Mm -hmm. so much stuff in the packaging industry and it's so broad but to your point are you in design element marketing legal engineering production what does that even look like you know so it's so much in the packaging industry and I have a great appreciation for the industry every single day you know meeting people like you and Julio Matos and Camille and you know just a lot of great people who right. have vast opportunities and experience. You are you going to be, really are you going to be at PAC Expo, by the way? Uh, the one in the virtual Vegas. one or in person? I'm I trying to get good. there. Okay. Well, I pl- I'm definitely planning on going. Uh, I'll definitely be at, um, at Lux Pack in New York. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to speak there actually. So I'll, uh, you are. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll connect up for sure there. And, uh, I'm fingers crossed. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm, we all I never, I never liked trade shows before. I never liked going, but after this year, you know, going to be close to a year and a half, like 18 months. I'm just yeah. like, I don't even care. Like all, my feet will be <laughs> sore. I just want to like see people. And, you know, especially like in this industry, it's just been, 
it just felt like forever. Um, so I, hopefully we can, we can connect up there, but let me, my Absolutely. final question is how, how can people connect up with you? Um, you know, obviously without going to Lux pack or pack expo and wandering around <laughs> looking for Megan. Um, so what's the best way for the, the people who are listening here and they're like, you know what we need, we need a project executioner to help us pimp our packaging and, hey. and really, and really kind of take us, take us up to the next level. So how do people get in touch with you? Absolutely. So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for, I think the full link is www.linkedin.com forward slash I-N forward slash Megan, M-E-G-A-N, Gamble. So Gamble like Vegas, G-A-M-B-L-E. Um, if you're friends with Adam Peak, which I'm sure all of you are, uh, if you're not, then what are you missing? What are you doing? You need to be following Adam. Uh, but if you follow Adam, I'm definitely one of his connections. So you can just search for Megan Young Gamble on LinkedIn. I am also on Instagram and Facebook. So at get, G-E-T, level, L-E-V-E-L, consulting. And that's all one word on both Instagram as well as Facebook. Or you can just direct e uh, directly email me as well. And that would be my first name, Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at getlevelconsulting.com. And it comes directly to my inbox. And I always welcome to have a virtual coffee and chat. If you're in the Atlanta area, uh, I'm down to meet up in person. We can meet at a coffee shop and, of course, social distance and all that fun jazz um, as well. But I definitely welcome the opportunity to meet people and connect with people. And I'm a connector, too. So always love to exchange contacts as well because our network increases based upon our net worth increases based upon our network so i really am very intentional about connecting with others um, as well yeah for sure and you know i i think that what's been really fun for me about the podcast is obviously that network but i, I heard a phrase that i liked a little bit a little bit better because i've heard, you know you, you hear the phrase like it's not it's not what you know it's who you know um, mm -hmm. that's similar to, and, and somebody said, well, that's true, but I think a more powerful phrase, it's, it's not what, you, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. And, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully there are, there are, there are people out there who will listen to this. And when, when project management comes up, um, specifically around packaging, and there is a tremendous need for it. Don't, don't, you already yeah. know this, yeah. uh, there's, there's a huge need for it because it's, a, it's such a, like, tertiary concern to companies until it's the primary concern until products are breaking until you know mm -hmm. it's not connecting with consumers on the shelf until it's it's not right size for e-commerce and now your mm -hmm. your shipping costs you're over budget by 3x because you messed up yep. your packaging like there's there's real there's a lot of real problems that come from not honing in on project management and getting managers and engineers involved early like you said absolutely um but hopefully that, you know, for, for yourself, I just want people to connect that with you. Like when you're in a meeting and, you know, for, for those of you who are listening, like when you're in that meeting and you've got a new project to launch, uh, hopefully, you know, you're thinking about Megan and how she can help you guys pimp your packaging out. So <laughs> um, I want, I want people to know you uh, as well. And because I, I think, I think you do really great work. Um, well, thank you. And, and, you know, you're super organized. We had, we had the one project that was not quite within our scope, but like your layout to me on the email was, oh. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I've been, in, I've been in the packaging industry now for 14 years. I've never gotten a request 
so detailed and so on point for, I think it was, uh, was it labels? Pressure sensitive labels. Like normally yeah. a request for like a thousand pressure sensitive labels is like, Hey, I need some stickers. <laughs> I don't know the size. I don't know the art. I'm not sure the material, but I know I need stickers and I needed like a thousand of them. Can you, what's the price? And you, you like literally you guys make it sense me this like incredibly well-articulated I mean, every single detail I would ever need to quote a label Aww. was right there. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was really, it was really, really awesome to get that and to see your preparation and to see your work. Um, you know, e even in something that is for, for a lot of folks is like inconsequential, right? Like a thousand labels for, for a new product launch or 500 labels or 200 labels. It's like, yeah, you know, you're talking a couple hundred dollars worth of packaging, right? But like your time and your attention, you could just see your, you know, you are the, you are the person who gets things done, right? Like I, yeah. I saw that firsthand. So I'm a firsthand uh, witness <laughs> oh, and, and, and I'll, I'll lend my testimony to, to it that uh, you, you're not just up here talking about this stuff, but I've seen no. how you work and it's, it's really, really cool. So uh, hopefully folks will, uh, will, will be reaching out to you. Uh, if they're not, then shame on them. And uh, because I think you provide and can provide a tremendous value to to really any and every company that has to work with packaging. So um, super appreciative of you coming on, telling us of a little course. bit of your story. Um, and uh, it's funny because you and my and my mom, we we talked about this, but you and my mom yeah. have, <laughs> have kind of a similar background. Um, you know, with my mom living outside of Little Rock and um, I didn't know about the homeless part. That's like you said, that's a whole other conversation, but my mom was, was very, very poor living outside of Little Rock. So, uh, when she grew up, yeah. um, so it's just, it's, you know, the, the level of connectedness in this world is, it's always fascinating Absolutely. to me. And we um, had a great conversation. Like when we first formally introduced ourselves, like via a Zoom meeting, I think like this, and we talked about your mom's history and how we had that in common as well as our love of music mm -hmm. and um and then how we how you go to India you know yeah. uh, pre-COVID and such and how you would go there and I was like oh I did a study abroad yeah. in India so you know to your point of how we connect and you know a lot of times we're so distant and we're very individualistic people but there's so many things that we have in common with each other that makes us be more connected with 100%. one another so, yeah 100 percent and and uh, I couldn't agree more. And if you're uh, if you're a praying person, you know, right now, be praying for that country, man. India is yes. going through it right through now it. with COVID. So, um, you know, I, I every day, man, those those people are, are in my prayers and hopefully they can pull through it soon because it's, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place, beautiful culture, beautiful people. Yeah. Um, well, Megan, I'll make sure that uh, in the show notes uh, we put all of your connection points. Uh, everyone reach out to uh, to Megan. Any any last uh, parting words before we wrap it up? Well, I would just say thank you all for tuning in to this segment. This was great and an honor to be here because I found out about people of packaging in the midst of COVID, looking for like-minded people to connect and learn from. So I'm always encouraged by people that come onto your podcast um, so I can meet, meet them, connect with them and such so i just want to say first thank you to people of packaging podcast for hosting a dope podcast 
and connecting other people in the packaging industry as well. And I definitely look forward to partnering with you to help pimp your packaging um, as well with any consumer personal good brands uh, from beginning to end. So I definitely look forward to connecting with each and every one of you all going forward. And let's all be intentional to do something great, show up together, do something great and promote something fantastic because the world needs each and every one of us um, in our respective strides. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. I hope everybody got as much out of that as I did, uh, you know, to plan, implement, monitor, and then prepare for a launch. Uh, she has a four-phased approach uh, to taking people through their projects. She is the project executioner, and she is the person to get it done. That was Megan Young Gamble. Everybody, find her on LinkedIn. Uh, bring her into your projects. You will not be disappointed. Uh, so everybody go to linkedin.com, search for Megan Young Gamble, and get the job done right. Find a good project manager and start with Megan. Uh, that was a great episode with Megan. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned as we will continue on through season four.